I'm Luca Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. Yeah. 360 in the contract. Never that. I just take the contact. I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined once again. What you got for me, Bo? What's up, Nick? Just trying to survive out the rest of these games, man. <laughs> living for Dirk, living for Dirk glory. I'm living a, little, a bit in the past and for the future as well, but the present is uh, is tough. I'm clinching, if you get my drift. I'm clinching through the end of the season. We're both clinching. This is Bo Douster. He's from... Uh, at Mavs Highlights on Twitter. You can go check him out. He has a good podcast called The OP if you want to check out a, uh, a different voice, a different you know set of voices that are talking about the Mavericks. So you can subscribe to his podcast as well if, you're, uh, if you need more, if you're, your appetite for, for this, <laughs> this Mavericks team with the, uh, the players that they're playing and the, the tanking and everything, if your appetite is so big that you need two podcasts, and I recommend his to be the second. And also we recommend if your appetite is that great, you might need to seek help. Like if you're, <laughs> if your appetite is that great at this point in the season, you, you may need some counseling or some professional care. Oh man. All right. So today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the lottery odds. We'll give you the whole breakdown, everything that you guys need to know about the Mavericks odds to keep their draft pick where they are, where everybody is, is lining up at this point. There's still games going on right now as we're, as we're speaking. So there's uh just stuff going on. Washington just lost to the Knicks, which is, uh, mm. a thing that matters for the Mavericks somehow. Uh, and the Kings are playing the Pelicans right now. So by the time you're listening to this, you'll probably know how those games ended up. But uh, we just wanted to let you know about that. So we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the the, uh, the Memphis Bowl, the, the Memphis Mavericks tanking bowl that happened. They had a home and away oh, no, against them. Man. And uh, we'll talk about that. We had some crazy, some crazy, this is DeLon Wright's coming out party, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. So. <laughs> so we'll talk about those games. And then, um, of course, We'll talk about the Dirk Dunk. We'll talk about the Salo Measury game. Just crazy, weird, random things are happening in the NBA right now. But before we get to all that, we have to talk about where the Mavericks are in the tank standings right now. Because that's kind of the only, I guess, thing that matters right now. Is that, Okay, before we do that, is there anything that else that matters to you, Bo, in the with the Mavericks team right now? Is there anything Man, that you're, I- you're watching or that you think that actually matters in these games? Okay, so seriously, I think there's a couple, for the Mavs games in particular, I think there's a couple interesting players to keep an eye on, like uh, Brokoff and Jackson and Burke. I think those are interesting guys to just keep an eye on. But, I mean, I think, uh, without any question, the greatest thing to keep your eye on is future Hall of Famer Salah Mejri. I mean, like, my <laughs> gosh, getting all the minutes, taking all the threes. Uh, no, there, it's, it's just tough right now, man. It's like I said, Other than a couple players who you think will be here next year and kind of just saying, oh, what do they do when they're given a little more responsibility? Uh, and even then, of course, it's hard to gauge what what that actually is showing us in these games that, you know, matter so little. Yeah, exactly. And this could be the last couple of games you were able to watch, Dirk. You know, like that. Yeah, that is also a thing that I feel like matters in these games, too. Even though he's playing, what did he play? He played the other night, he played 24 minutes. He played 11 minutes last night. I mean, he's not playing a ton, but you're you're getting your Dirk. And this next game coming up, this this Phoenix game is massive. Uh, if you don't, if you have turned off the Mavericks, if you're only just you know consuming content about them, and it's like, hey, I'm just I'm not gonna watch. I'm just gonna listen to podcasts or you know get my news that way. The game on Tuesday is the game that you're gonna want to watch. Th- this I feel like the Mavericks are gonna pull out all the stops. 
They're going to go all out to get dirt. It, this could be like Kobe's last game where he went for 60. I mean, I have no, <laughs> I, I mean, I wouldn't even put that past them to just pass a Dirk every single time. And he's just going to pop jumpers every single time. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, I wouldn't, I, I would, I would, I doubt he get, gets up 50 shots or 50 plus shots like Kobe did. I just don't think he has the ego for that. But uh, I do think he needs to get a ton of shots, a ton of good looks. And um, I mean, they, they've all, but if you've listened to Mavs personnel, uh, the broadcast and podcast, they, they've pretty much all kind of like low key said, this is it guys. This is it. Cuban's even been saying, I don't expect him back, things like that. And so Steve Nash, uh, Steve Nash, yeah, let Steve Nash, the other night. Slip up. yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. And who, who else is going to, who's going to know better than Steve, his buddy, you know? And so I think, I think the franchise is ready, prepared. They're saying you got to watch Tuesday. You got to come Tuesday. We've got a special hour long post game and pregame and all these kind of things. You got to stay, stay locked in. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're saying everything they can without giving it away that this really is the last uh, the last uh, go-around for the legend. And, yeah, we all need to be locked in. What if they're sure. just pushing for everybody to watch this game because he's going to do that? The hour-long thing is about a celebration of Dirk that he's coming back for one more year. Well, I mean, then you'd have millions of people around the world celebrate and be excited. I just don't – I don't expect that. Uh, but, yeah, that'd be that'd be amazing. Everyone would be like – it would be this incredible exhale and there'd be no tears unless they were happy <laughs> tears. You know, there may be a few happy tears. Uh, but no, I'm expecting, I'm, I'm a fully grown man. I got two kids. I got a job. I got real problems in life. And if Dirk announces he's retiring, um, on Tuesday night, I, there may be a, a couple sports tears in my eyes. It, it'll, it'll be tough. Sports tears. I love, yeah, I love the idea of sports tears. All right. So like we said, the Mavericks in the lottery right now. Okay. So depending on what happens with new Orleans and new Orleans is playing right now against the Sacramento Kings. They are down by two at halftime. So that, that is still a toss up. I I'm going to assume that the Pelicans lose that game. If the Pelicans lose that game. They are tied with the Washington wizards for sixth and the Mavericks are tied with the Memphis Grizzlies for eighth. Ooh. Uh, then the Mavericks and the Grizzlies both have two games left. The Pelicans and the wizards both have one game left. So, it, it's not looking great for the Mavericks to move back into that sixth spot they've been in for so long. These last right. couple of wins have been have been kind of tough for them. They went four and six in their last ten games. I was gonna say they've won forty percent of their last games. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, um, are you frustrated right now with where the Mavericks are with their spot? All right. So, like I'm sure you're aware, right now after this game, Mavs Twitter exploded, and there's people <laughs> on both sides of this issue, and um, and and I totally agree with you. Can never ever expect or even ask anything less than 100% effort from any player you put on the floor. You and if if that if that group out there gets you a W even if you low key wanted an L, um you don't get upset with the players, you're not upset with their effort. Like I saw people saying like, you know, Devin Harris is a lifelong Mav, he should have known to dot 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 or Salah Mesri is dot 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 and I'm like, no, you the players are out there to play and perform and they're playing for future contracts, all that. And so if their effort gets you a W, you just kind of sigh and go, well, all right, guys, you got it tonight. Um, so you're never upset with the effort, uh, but the outcome can be a little frustrating. And that, that's kind of where I am. I think it's mathematically undeniable that what is most um, productive for the Mavs' future is L's at this point. Once again, I feel like they kind of maybe started the gears a little bit too late in the season. I would have liked it a, a little bit earlier. Uh, all of these, like, you know, you know, just imaginary injuries that, you know, I'm sure there's a little bit there, right? I'm sure Luca's thigh is sore and you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I would have liked to, I would have liked to maybe get, get engaged a little earlier in the, in the losing. But, um, and, and when people are like, man, you can't be a real fan and think that way. I just a hundred percent disagree. I, I am a lifelong Dallas Mavericks fan. I am a 
as great a Mavericks fan as you're, as you're ever going to meet or, or close to it. Right. Like I'm not selling my firstborn child that gets, you know, tickets or anything, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a li- I'm a lifer, man. I am a, I'm a true Mavs fan. I'm, I'm such a, a great Mavs fan that I don't even think of myself as an MFFL. Like that's, that's, that came around way later than me, man. Uh, and so I, I want what's best for this team. Like they are the sports team of all sports and all professions and you know, that I root for and care about. And so I'm thinking big picture. I want th- what's best for them in the big picture, not just a couple experience and, you know, bringing wins that help. Well, oh, these wins really help these guys at the end of the season. I'm like, I don't, I don't think that way. Most of these guys that we're playing probably aren't going to play significant roles in the future or even be on the roster. Or we hope not. Uh, I mean, so yeah, most of them, we definitely hope not. Right. Some were stuck because of the money, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, no, we need every percentage p- chance we can get. We need every ping pong ball we can get, uh, for, especially for a team. And it's what uh, almost 40 years of existence has has never experienced any lottery luck. We've never it moved up in the lottery odds once. And now it looks like we're going to actually need to to see a little bit of that luck. And so the Mavericks odds to keep their pick. Uh, that lottery luck that he's talking about. If they end up in the, let's say right now they're technically in the ninth spot since they just lost to Memphis. Uh, if they if they end up tied with Memphis, they would do a random drawing, which is what they did last year with Atlanta. The Mavericks won that drawing, which everybody was, was pointing to saying, oh, look, the Mavericks luck is turning around in the lottery. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're going to move up. But instead, uh, they won in the drawing. So they got the higher, they got more chances than Atlanta. <laughs> and then Atlanta ended up moving up to three and, and the Mavericks moved back to five. Yep. And so Memphis and Dallas would do that. But let's say that it ends up where the Mavericks have sole possession of ninth place. They'd have a 20.2% chance to keep their pick. If they can move up, if they can move, I keep saying move up. I guess it still counts as move up. Sure. Uh, if they move to the eighth spot in the lottery standings, that means they have the eighth worst record in the NBA. Then they'd have 26.2% chance to keep their pick. And then let's say somehow they lose both their games or they lose... Yeah, they'd have to lose both their games, and then New Orleans and Washington would have to win a game. Then they could get up to that six and seven spot, or they could tie them and do a drawing. This is all kinds of crazy stuff that happens. It's so convoluted, <laughs> so many things. So if they tie, if they end up in the seventh spot, thirty-one point nine percent chance, and in the sixth spot, there's a thirty-seven point two percent chance. So the difference between nine and six is uh, about seventeen percentage points. Which, which is a pretty big deal. I mean, that, that's a lot of lottery balls, but... That ain't nothing. The difference... It's not nothing, but the difference between 37 and 20% is still just, to me, a toss-up. It's not the difference between 50% and, you know, 20% to me. Exactly. So, I, I mean, I'm not super holding on to every single moment and, and getting very devastated after, you know, wins and, and stuff like that. I'm not at that point. Sure, sure. No. But that's where, it, that's where it is. And the Mavericks, they keep this pick... Or they, you know, convey it to the the Hawks. The Hawks get the pick, and then you just kind of move on from there. Uh, we've talked about the benefits of, of the the very few benefits of the Mavericks actually giving up that pick on the podcast before, but that's where it stands. That's where the lottery are, odds are right now. Let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about these games: the Memphis, the Memphis Dallas Tankathon. All right, Bo. So the Mavericks took on the Grizzlies in these two games. DeLon Wright had two triple, two 20-point triple-doubles in these games. Yep. Um, the Mavericks played Courtney Lee a ton. They played Ryan Brokoff a ton. They played uh, Justin Jackson a ton. Luka didn't play. Um, Dwight Powell didn't even play, <laughs> didn't even play uh, in the, the first one. Um, these games are just wild. Memphis wasn't playing many of their guys. This is Memphis' starting lineup. And I, 
I know a lot of our, our listeners are, you know, diehard NBA fans, but right. if all of you knew these players were on the Grizzlies, then man, you are just you're tier one NBA fans. This is the starting lineup for the first Memphis game on Friday. Justin Holiday, Bruno Caboclo, two years away from being good right now. <laughs> Ivan Robb, Tyler Dorsey, and Delon Wright, who had twenty six points, ten boards, and fourteen assists. That was the start, that was the starting lineup. Then they brought Chandler Parsons off the bench, Tyler Zeller, Javon Carter, and Julian Washburn. <laughs> that was their bench. That's who they brought off the bench. Um, yeah. man, these these games are so crazy. Just the the players that they're playing. Do you, do you enjoy? Is there anybody of these games that you enjoy? And like you pointed out uh, so so aptly, um, the only part that's really enjoyable is seeing Dirk make a bucket. You know, it's like, oh, yes, he's just just a couple more points, you know, just a little more distance. That's so sweet. Uh, so that's actually like sincerely enjoyable. Uh, it's like I said, for the future, seeing Justin Jackson, you know, see what he can do. Uh, like in that first game that we lost, uh, he went seven for 15, 19 points, six rebounds, three assists like that. You look at that and go, OK, now I know this game doesn't matter in the grand scale of things, but that's an example of what something he can do when he's given 31 minutes. Um, now, once again, we're going against very low competition, but it's still arguably NBA competition, I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> arguably. I mean, they beat they, they beat us uh, in that first game. Uh, and so it's just interesting to see kind of how he moves around the floor, maybe even regardless of competition. It's just another chance to see, okay, so I really do believe Ryan Brokoff is a lights-out shooter. Not just everything we heard from practice or his, you know, um, Euro Euro European uh, stats, but, like, you watch him shoot in these games, these, these closeout games here at the end of the season. He's getting to put up shots. You kind of go, okay, I see it. I see what a great catch-and-shoot shooter he is. He seems to have a little bit more than just catch-and-shoot ability. He's, he's a scrapper. He'll get in there and battle for a rebound. Not a great athlete, but he's going to put out maximum effort at all times. Uh, and so there's there's those kind of guys that you get a little benefit from and you, you get a little bit of enjoyment from. But like I said, really, it's just Dirk hit a couple shots, and how sweet is that? Yeah, yeah, pretty much pretty much that's it. And then who can have a crazy game? Like who can have a game where the you just you, measure you, you step out and you say, man, that was a wild game. Solomon measure in the first game, 12 points, five boards, five assists, three blocks, <laughs> hit two threes. I mean, that that is the kind of little fun things that you get um, in, in games like this, though. Uh, yeah. you do, I do have to admit that those kind of things are, are fun. Well, and, and tonight Sala went off seven for 12 from the field, two for five from three, <laughs> grabbed nine rebounds, three assists, uh, and put up, well, let me see how many, uh, 19 points for Sala measure. <laughs> like that's insane. That's, I mean, like the guy drives me crazy, but it is fun to watch a, you know, a, a career end of the bench player, you know, get to get some shine. That's, that's, you know, I, like I said, the result I wasn't super happy with, but I'm happy he got to put up a big game. Yeah. So the Mavericks lost the first game on Friday. They win the game. On Sunday night, Salamajuri goes off, just absolutely off. Nineteen points for Salamajuri. Has he scored nineteen points this entire season? He had twelve the other night, but <laughs> I don't know if he scored nineteen points. I'm going to look that up right now. If he's, I would guess the over on that, just because it seems like such a crazy number. But yeah, it probably wouldn't be so so far off. My gosh, Salamajuri. Uh, again, you get another decent Justin Jackson game. Um, Dwight Powell started in this game. You have Jalen Brunson got a double double, which is which is cool. I to see yeah. Jalen Brunson. Honest, obviously, you can hear. I'm just reading off of this because there's okay. Yeah, Salah had Salah had played a lot more than I thought. He had, he's had a t- 120 points this season. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so, got to give him a little more credit. We got some Daryl Macon minutes. We still have not gotten any Costas minutes. That that is to me the most frustrating thing about this. They held him out. 
because of what was it a thigh issue or something like that something yeah lower body issue yeah that's what and I that mean. that i lo- i looked forward to the games last year because we got to see jonathan motley jamil warney guys like that but uh but no costas in these games and that's that that has me frustrated yeah he's what you want to see you want to see that long quote-unquote freakish guy out there with the ball you know trying to make defensive plays make plays in transition see if he has any sort of moves if they get him the ball and on offense uh, and he's just, he's an enigma, you know, and the name is so alluring. You, you see Giannis, his older brother, and you're just like, that guy is genuinely a freak. And then you see his younger brother, you're like, does he have even, you know, 70% of that? Does he have even a chance to be a productive NBA player? He I take 7% of, of that. Well, oh, absolutely. 70% <laughs> of Giannis is a, is a solid NBA contributor, you know? Uh, and so does he have that potential to use that kind of the God given measurables, right? He has the athleticism and he has the link and he has the leap, all of that. He, he just doesn't have a very refined game. But if we remember, um, his brother's game wasn't too refined either, but his brother just worked his tail off. And so it'll be interesting to see if the Mavs are holding on to Kostas uh, in the long run. Are they thinking, like, hey, we're going to hold on to him and develop him for, like, two or three years or, or not? <laughs> uh, your son or your daughter or whoever. That's my little boy. Yeah, they, want, just... they want to know if they're going to keep, <laughs> they're gonna keep yeah. him around too. He's very interested in Costas's future and in seeing Toy Story three right now. Toy Story three. What does he What does he think about Toy Story four? Oh, he like he he no joke. Now we're getting uh, on a beaten uh, a little rabbit trail here, but he made a little. Uh, That's what we do forky. best on this podcast. He made a Forky character to get today already. Yeah, he found a spoon. He got some twist eyes. He cut it, cut some paper out, and we glued it and taped it, and he drew face on there. And he's got Forky. Absolutely. Wow. So all of all of you people that are our age that get upset about you know Toy Story four or when they try to you know add another movie just remember that it's not for you there you go <laughs> necessarily perspective, perspective right toy story is my favorite movie growing up i love toy story so much my room was painted as toy story when i was a little kid you had wanted the, to be andy yeah I had the clouds all painted on my room like the uh the year toy story 3 came out when andy graduated from uh, graduated from high school and went to college it was the same year i graduated from high school and went to college whoa, whoa, whoa newsflash here Nick is actually Andy from Toy Story. I think what we're just—we actually just got it. That explains so much, Nick, right there. A- anybody that graduated in 2010 is the same. It's the same for everybody else. So, uh, Toy Story. Now I got. Now you got me thinking about Toy Story all the time. Uh, I really, man, these these Grizzlies games—they—they—they they, they blur together so much. But the end of the the uh the one on sunday when dorian finney smith gets the offensive rebound or he gets the outlet pass he tries to take the the transition play all the way to the basket gets blocked gets his own offensive rebound they're able to kick it out and then uh sala is able to finish a putback that yep. that is fun though i mean you have to admit that just That's seeing wild play. seeing wild. those seeing those guys get to do things like that is fun. Uh, and however much you care about the, the lottery odds, and I'm sure there's a whole bunch of people listening that are just saying, oh, well, I don't care. I don't care if Dorian Finney-Smith gets another offensive rebound to, to further prove Isaac's point that he continues to, to harp on Twitter all the time that Dorian Finney-Smith is a good re- offensive rebounder. But he, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure a bunch of people don't care about that. But it's fun to see guys like that, especially to see Salah, who has not played a ton and came back to probably play with Luka, and then he gets waived by the team during the middle of the season and so they can make the the trade and just all the stuff that's happening. It's awesome to see him get that kind of an opportunity in the NBA game because this could probably, I mean, this might be the best game he's ever played. He had that 16 and 17 game a couple years ago. Oh, if yeah. you remember that game, but this may be the best game he's ever played. And this is a moment for him for his entire life that, you know, he can look back on and, 
You know, yeah. I, I care about stuff like that. Salah I'm pretty is, sure is he a, was keeping the ball after the game. Like he had the game ball. In his <laughs> and he should. Yeah. And he yeah, should. Yeah, no, sure. For Every sure, time he man. touched it, it went in. All right, so on Salah, let me just ask you a question looking ahead. Are you okay if if he's nothing more than even just as, as a security blank for Luka, the Mavs hold on to him next season? Is that okay? Are you good with that? I would like the Mavericks to keep Salah as long as, as they can. Just just keep okay. him there. Just keep him on the end of the bench. He's he's good for morale. He's He's hilarious in the locker room. That's what I keep hearing, yeah. And the players love him. They do. They do. They really do. And um, as far as, you know, like a functional player, he can have games like this every once in a while. He can bring some of that energy off the bench. He would be a player in a playoff series. Isaac and I have been saying this for years. He's a guy in a playoff series, and he has been a guy in a playoff series. that You just bring him in to bring a different look, to bring a guy that's going to bring that energy, to bring that I guess toughness in a way, but more just yeah. like a guy that gives a crap and that will will challenge anybody and will try to block any shot and give you six fouls and whatever he can do to just maybe maybe swing a playoff game or a playoff quarter. And yeah, project, projecting not, forward. Not many end-of-the-bench guys can do that, and I think yeah. Salah can do that. Yeah, projecting forward, you could see him like, hey, there's a guy in here who just put a hard foul on Chris Stapps or Luka. Put in put in a Salah and say, hey, get 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 dirty, big boy. Like get in there and throw some some uh some hips around and some elbows and you know be tough in the middle. Don't don't let them think they can push us around. Uh and so you could see something like he has a utility there just being a tough guy and starts being uh he takes no BS from anybody, that kind of thing. Exactly. All right, let's take another break and when we come back, let's get Bo's thoughts on some some Mavericks future. Some Mavericks future. There's uh not a ton happening in their present, so let's talk about the future. <laughs> All right, Bo. A little bit of the Mavericks future, but how do you expect to feel when Dirk's last game happens, if this is going to be his last game coming up? Yeah, I'm, I'm expecting it to be that last game will be in San Antonio to close out the season, um, which, which I feel like it's a travesty that the schedulers didn't have the whole final game of this season in Dallas. Uh, but if you could say what other if it wasn't going to be in Dallas, what a way court would it be out of chosen San Antonio just because it is incredible history there. What I'm going to be feeling, um, you know, I think it's just going to be like understandably a, a, an incredible rush of nostalgia. Um, he's he's a couple years older than me. And so we've basically grown. I've basically grown up with you know him watching him. Um, if I was to have a sports hero, he's my sports hero. Uh, if you said, hey, of, of people that are alive today that you've never met. Who would you like to meet? And here's the thing. I am not at all interested with celebrity or actors or athlete. I don't, I'm not interested in autographs. or. And for people who are, that's awesome. That's just not my thing. Um, Dirk is the one, quote unquote, celebrity or professional athlete that I would probably, if I saw him in a public setting and it was appropriate, approach. And I wouldn't need his autograph or anything like that, but I would love to shake his hand. And just say thank you. Like that's that's literally all I'd like. To, I mean, and I mean that very sincerely. I, I know it sounds cheesy or hokey or like I'm exaggerating it. That's literally. I just would love to tell him thank you. Um, you know, just watching his career has been an incredible uh, uphill climb for those early years. Watching them win, 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 but always fall short. And then uh, the the heartbreak in 06 and 07. Um, but then seeing him climb the mountain and like Coop says, plant that flag for 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 all of Dallas and all Mass fans everywhere. Uh, in 11 was just one of the, you know, there's those moments where you get married. I know you're married and, and I know you don't have kids yet, but you know, I got a couple kids. So there's those moments with your real, your real life, the things that matter most to you in life. Right. But as far as like a secondary thing, the Mavs winning in 2011 is one of the coolest, like simplest, most happy, pure moments of my life. And, uh, and I don't mean that in a cheap way. I mean that very sincerely. And like I, I look back at that and I have, 
I have just incredible memories of Dirk watching his career, watching him fight. Like I said, watching him kind of go uphill against um, the accusations that he was a soft Euro and, he, and you'd never win. I don't know if you remember this, but you, you'll never win if Dirk's your best player. Yeah. That was that was the motto for years and years and years. And I'm sitting here as a, as a lifelong Mavs fan long before Dirk came around. Uh, a diehard Mass fan going like, no, you he, you can win with Dirk. You can win with Dirk. Look at these stats. Look at this. Look at that. You need to get the right people around him. But at, up until that point in 2011, I didn't know that that was true. You know, uh, I mean, I thought that it was true. And then he, you know, he in 2011 he brought it home and just carried everything on, on his shoulders. And obviously he had a great supporting cast in 2011. Um, but it'll it'll mean a lot to me, man. It's going to mean a lot to to kind of watch him ride off in the sunset um, as a sports legend and hero. What about you? Yeah, Dirk Dirk has always been my favorite player. A lot of people listening know that I didn't grow up a Mavericks fan. Uh, I just I started covering the team when I moved to Dallas. But Dirk has always been the guy that you know that I loved. Um, I was never I, I'm, I grew up a Lakers fan, but I was never a huge Kobe fan. Like I'm not one of those Kobe stands that thinks he's better than Michael Jordan <laughs> or anything crazy like that. But right. Dirk, Dirk was the guy though because. You looked at him and he was doing it by himself. He was he had the shot that he created, and I always thought that that was the coolest thing. That like you have a move that you created. You know, Kareem has a sky hook. You know, Dirk has his one legged fade, and I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. And having covered the team for a couple years now, having been around him, see, having seen him do just incredible, you know, human things. You know, the the uh, the Dirk Heroes game that the you know the celebrity baseball game that he does every summer getting to go to that getting to go to the the tennis tournament that he does when he you know had Ben Stiller and guys come in and do you know charity events like that and then right, just right. the the game to game you know talking to fans interacting with fans seeing him you know have people literally come up to him that have flown I mean thousands right. and thousands of miles world. just Absolutely. to just to come see him and the way that he takes that to heart and the way that he Honestly, I feel like he sees himself in a lot of those people because he came from so far away and he was, you know, awestruck by some of these these guys in the league. And he knows what it's like to be the, you know, the guy that is kind of unknown and and uh and to see him interact with those people and the genuineness that he shows in his face of, you know, asking them questions and you're know, sitting with them and and literally one time I saw I saw Dirk in the the hallway after a game right outside the locker room. And it was these two fans, I believe they were from the Philippines, and they came up to him. This one guy was kind of pushing the other guy forward. You could tell that the one guy was a real huge Mavericks fan, and the other guy was just kind of with him. The other guy was trying to was trying to push the one guy forward. And I think it's I think I have a picture of this on Twitter somewhere, but the, the kid literally just has his hand over his face and over his mouth. Oh, just man, like just overwhelmed. Aghast as soon as Dirk walked out. Just that he was standing there, that he was there. And it's crazy to me that these guys can become like gods, you know, <laughs> they're literally, yeah. and I don't mean that in like a, you know, that people aren't like worshiping them or pray, sure, praying sure, to yeah. them or anything like that. But they're but larger just, than life. Yeah, they're, they're, they're mythic. They're, Absolutely. Yeah. They're mythic. And they're just, that's a good word for it. And, uh, Dirk has handled that. I think probably better than anyone in the entire, you know, NBA right now. Yeah. And I think it was, it oh, hasn't, ahead, it hasn't really gone to his head. And to see a guy that has carried himself so well to do all those things is just, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to see him go and to see him away from the Mavericks. I think how Cuban said it the other day that he you know has become a brother to him and that he has like yeah. been a part of this Mavericks organization for so long that with like the Mavericks without Dirk are just what are they? And yeah, next year is gonna be very they? interesting. If he's not you know with the team next year, it's gonna be interesting to find out what the Mavericks are without Dirk. 
I can't remember which coach it was. It was it was one of the coaches that were with us in 2011 championship team. It was either Stotts or Casey. Um, but one of them, uh, my friend, my buddy, Reese Conkle asks all the visiting coaches, what do you think of when you think of the legend of Dirk? And he just kind of asks every visiting coach the same question. And it was one of them it was either Stotts or Casey. And they, they didn't even talk about him as a player. They just talked about, about him as a person. Mm-hmm. They said, you know, as great as he is as a player, he's an even better person. And like, when, when you hear people say that, you're like, that's so cool. Right? Like, cause, cause we, we all, we all know that some of these greatest athletes of all time, you know, they're just people and they made mistakes and you hear that they had these massive egos and, you know, didn't, like you said, you know, like, unlike Dirk, they wouldn't always make time for the fans and they had their own priorities and, and, and they're doing them. And I, I don't have any hate for that. Um, but when you hear about Dirk and you hear that he's this, you know, legendary person as well as a legendary player, it's just the total package. And, uh, the kind of the phrase I always use is that he's our guy. Like that's how Dallas, Dallas looks at Dirk. He's our guy. And we we're just so proud of him. You know, do you think you'll be more emotional or have more sports tears for the last home game or the last game? Well, I know that the, the broadcast is going to make a much bigger deal of the Tuesday night game against the Suns. Um, it's going to be so, like a weird overtime, like a weird overtime is. in San Antonio they, they, when they go play his final game. It's like, didn't we just say goodbye? Like, didn't we? It's like yeah. the kid that came back after high school to practice the track team or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Here's, here's, I think what the, the, the game Tuesday night against the Suns, the, the final home game, I think will be more emotions inducing because I'm guessing they're going to bring back uh, certain players from the past or, or, you know, old teammates of his or something like that. They're going to probably show tons of montages and highlights and, you know, career pinnacles and, you know, have people share about what Dirk has meant to them. So uh, that's not going to happen to San Antonio, obviously, and, and shouldn't. I mean, San Antonio doesn't owe Dirk that, but Dallas obviously does. And so I'm guessing that the the whole kind of the sphere of Tuesday night will probably be more emotional than even the final game in San Antonio. Yeah. And it, a lot of people have been asking me, you know, where can I watch the full stream of it? I, I'm not sure if League Pass is going to be able to, to show some of that kind of stuff, the extra right. things. Um, good. I'm going to try to reach out to some of the reporters to see if anybody will do, you know, Periscope in the in the arena or something like that, just so that people that want to watch, you know, that are outside can get a chance to see everything. I don't know what Fox Sports Southwest is going to, you know, Fox is. Like They're going to show the whole thing afterwards. They, they've officially said that. But, of course, a lot of people don't have Fox Sports Southwest. And so talking about all these global fans of Dirk, I mean, you know, unless they can find a link somewhere, that, yeah, they're out of luck. Yeah, and if as soon as I am able to find one, I will tweet it out. Usually I don't like to tweet out the Reddit streams and stuff like that because I don't want sure. them to get shut down. Getting you in trouble, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, or get myself in trouble. But as soon as I find one, I, I will tweet it out. So if you guys uh, are following me at Nick Van Exit, you can, uh, you can hope to find a stream there where we'll be able to watch it all together because, unfortunately, I won't be able to, to go to this game. So it's going to be right. – uh, man – what a what a what a day it's gonna be, uh, yeah, and yes. how hilarious would it be if he just comes back? <laughs> Man, you know I I, <laughs> I really hope I'm, he does. Just <laughs> I would love for that. I, I I've even been on the record of saying I think he needs to hang it up. <laughs> but you know, I, when every time he makes a bucket, I can't help it. Every time he makes a shot, I'm just like, oh Dirk, don't leave us. You know, it's, it's really it's kind of silly. Like all the uh, objective, logical, critical thinking of, of a of a sports fan in me kind of leaves, and I'm just a fanboy for Dirk. Like I just love the guy. <laughs> I want him to do what he wants to do. So if he wants to retire, heck yeah, thank you for the 21 years. And if he wants to keep going, heck yeah, bring on your 22. Absolutely. Do you? Uh, what do you think about Isaac's theory that Dirk should come back just for the first? game next season so he doesn't retire so he doesn't have to retire with Dwayne Wade and go into the Hall of Fame with Dwayne Wade hey I am 
all up here for that kind of pettiness. I am totally here for that, man. I, I, that would shock me. That would shock me, but I am totally here for it. What do you think about that? Oh, man. It would be th- I not only just for the sole purpose of you know not retiring with Dwayne Wade and having to go into the Hall of Fame with him, but to be able to play with Kristaps Porzingis and to go through training camp with him and cool. you know, to have that, that whole thing to set the tone for these guys, I feel like would be at least beneficial for the Mavericks and would be fun for him too. Yeah, but I'm not him, you know, so yeah, I, I want to, he's got to do what he wants to do. Makes yeah. him happy. And he doesn't have, you don't have to come Dirk. You don't have to come all the way back. Like you don't have to be game shape ready and everything like that. You don't have to go through all the training stuff. You just come back and be there, be at the end of the bench, come in for a minute, something like that every once in a while. Oh man. Just, just be there. Luca, Luca brings the ball up in game one. Kristaps sets a pick for him and then pops out to the side. Luca cuts into the paint. He's got Kristaps on one wing. He's got Dirk on the other in the corner. Like, oh my gosh, how beautiful would that look? <laughs> I'm ready to see it. I'm ready to see it. I'm ready. Just I'm ready for that instead of Salah Measury scoring 19 points. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Amen. All right, Bo. Anything else you want to plug besides your your good podcast, the OP? No. Well, yeah. Definitely check us out, the OP. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us on SoundCloud and Stitcher. And then check me out on Twitter uh, at Mavs Highlights. There you go. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on Mavs. Peace out. Boom. Boom.